out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. As promised two weeks ago, today I chat with my new friend Paul. He is Nikki's partner. She was the filmmaker from the previous episode. Paul has a really interesting journey with many twists and turns, which he shares with us with a good dose of humor and a vast dollop of intellect. I'm sure you're going to find him as interesting as entertaining as I did. Learn more about Paul at the following places. His corporate work can be found at www.winspirepeople.com. His life alignment work is on Facebook at Paul Valdek One, that is W A L D E C K One, and his men's work can be found on the Facebook group Men of Heart. This is a long episode, so I'm not going to say much more. This podcast is supported by the first layer, the 12 step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24 day step coaching and counseling program available based on the first layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. Please also look for information on my new book, Life and Non, a 12-step guide to life for non-addicts. You can find it by following the link from the right of my homepage. It costs 300 rand without postage. Order from me in my shop, which is www.freddyshop.co.za. This is Paul's story. Sit back, relax and enjoy Good afternoon, Paul. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you, Freddie, for having me here. No, thank you for making yourself available to talk to Meet Me in the Field. It is awesome to have you here. So, for the listeners, our previous episode was Nikki. And as I said in the previous episode, Paul is Nikki's partner. So, it's going to be really, really nice to hear two people back to back with their stories. I met you in a men's group when you came That's to right. do a life um, alignment demonst- demonstration. A demonstration. A demonstration of body alignment. Life body, alignment. It used, life to, alignment. It used to be called body alignment. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, let, so that's that's so let, let's fall in there. Um, is is that what you do for a living? Are you a life alignment practitioner? Or, or I am. Okay. How did that so, how did that happen? What 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 is life alignment and how did Paul become a life alignment practitioner? <laughs> now, now, this is where I wish we had video because your your face as I started asking the question. <laughs> I was like, wow, that is a long story. It's like you've got to link all the pieces together in this puzzle, and then you hunt for this missing piece, you know, for a day or two that's fallen under the couch and in between the seats. And then all of a sudden you find this piece and you put it in and you feel such amazing synchronicity and gratitude. That piece for me is life alignment. Awesome. Well, so then, unfortunately, then I, I, cannot, I cannot start there. I have to start <laughs> at the beginning. I have to start with all the other puzzle pieces. But then that is exactly where we start. So the floor okay. is yours. Talk to us. So, Healing and being a healer, I would say three years ago, was so far out of my consciousness or my scope of who I thought I was. It didn't even enter the equation. 
I've been told by friends and family along the way, wow, you, you have this knack. You, I see you as a healer or oh, I really felt energy in your hands. And I always fobbed that off. I was groomed to be a businessman by wow. my father. I wanted to, to please him. Mm. And, I, and I believed that, that there was value in, in being businessy and making money and being successful in this, yeah. this 3D reality we call life. <clears throat> yep. So it's never really been in flow with me. And, and to, to explain that whole story, I'll have to go back to the beginning of, of my life to a degree. Yeah, um, so in my teens, when connecting with spirituality, I've always felt like many people, I speak to and are in my circles. And I, I think many people in this world, <clears throat> there is a deep-seated yearning to connect with our spirituality in whatever form that appears in our life. So yeah. some people would express it as a, you know, a divine connection, connecting with, with life, feeling alive, but just a connection to something more than what I'm seeing with you know, my, my senses. Yeah. What's behind the veil? I want to feel a connection to what's beyond this. And as a teenager, I remember feeling um, somewhat different to my friends. And I used to d discuss um, metaphysical concepts with them, like energy connection. And I mean, I was raised a Roman Catholic, so I had that to deal with as well. Thank God um, <laughs> they, they, said, they said something positive about the ANC and my mother, you know, before the 94 election, my mother then got all huffy and gave us a choice to, as to whether we wanted to continue going to church or not. And I was like, please, God, please let me stay home. I, I remember covering my head under the duvet on Sunday morning. Oh my that, God, is, yeah. that is not where spirituality was. I remember going to church and like looking at that little red light flickering in the corner of the Roman Catholic Church. And I'm like, God is not in that bulb. You know, that little red light is not God. I found God in the tree outside. It was this massive, beautiful awesome. tree where all the kids used to play in there. Anyway. Sorry, I'll, I'll so interrupt I, you yes. there with a question, if that's okay. Your surname sounds Polish. It's is, German. Is it German? Okay, cool. It's German, yeah. Okay. My, my great-grandfather was German and then moved to, to the Netherlands. So my father is Dutch. Okay. He's a, he's, he's a Dutch immigrant. So I'm first generation. Oh, wow. Dutch. Cool. Yeah. Okay. He was 21. Okay. So you were so born. Yeah. I was born. Yeah. I'm okay, first cool. generation. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, I've always been here. I consider myself an African and South African. I, I spent a year in the Netherlands studying a master's of international business. Hence, oh my business. word. And eventually, you know, I was going to get a job, got offered a great job at a big, a big firm called Axonobel. And then I, I found myself glued to the TV, watching Springbokies jumping over <laughs> the Kalahari. And I'm like, why am I doing this? And it was a yearning for home. And I realized awesome. I am African. I'm not European because my mother's also Italian. So anyway, wow. which brings, in, brings back the Roman Catholic Church. Yes. That's why we, we went to, to church. My mother grew up in an Italian household where that was, that was law. You know, okay. yeah. and, and with that law came dogma and that religious dogma never sat well with me. And I had a relationship with God. Definitely. I felt a strong connection with 
a greater power, but I, I could never connect that to formal religion. Yeah. So as I, as I grew older into my teens, I did my first Holy Communion and was about, okay, this is what my parents want for me. But as, as I started becoming my own individual in my teen years, I realized that I was, I was yearning for spirituality and not for religion. Yeah. And I realized that they were two different things. Um, or at least in my case, for some people, they're very much in alignment. Um, I'm, I'm so, with you on that one. So that started my journey of like, what is spirituality? How do I find this thing? How do I bottle it? How do I, how do I grow it in myself? Yeah. And that, and that led me down a journey of um, in, information and knowledge, other people's knowledge, reading, okay. um, all sorts of uh, spiritual metaphysical books, uh, and that really began, you know, it, I think it started with the alchemist, Paulo Coelho's alchemist at the age of 15 or something. And I was okay. so enchanted by the ideas that he was presenting in the story that it, it engaged me on a, on a level I didn't quite understand, but it, mm. it, it made me hung, hungry. Paul, how and, old are you um, now? I'm 41. 41. Oh, yes, yes. I remember you had a birthday. Interestingly enough, the reason why I asked that question, have, do you know that The Alchemist is still on some of the bestsellers lists today? <laughs> I have no doubt. I have no doubt. When, when somebody can explain grand metaphysical concepts in a very simplistic way that everybody can have access to, that's, that's a winning formula. Mm. I must read no, it again. I was just looking behind me now because it must be on my bookshelf there. So I must definitely revisit it. Absolutely. It's beautiful. So, so, so am so I correct? That's a book that changed your life. Well, it, or it started the journey way, for you. Yeah. It, it, the seed was already planted. It, this was just like, now I know what I want. I'm yearning for, for the, the knowledge of spirituality. Um, and I, I, I guess I, um, connected with the protagonist of the book. I think his name was Santiago, or that was the name of the villagers from, I can't remember exactly. But um, I connected with his, his quest, his journey for, for, for knowledge, for enlightenment. And so, be, so I connected with the, the, the search. I became a seeker. Ah. And um, I, I sought and sought and sought and did, I mean, I, I remember at 18 doing radical things like um, alpha mind training courses with Australian guy. I think he was called Peter Heiblum. He came to South Africa. I, w I would do radical things that you know, all my friends, when they heard what I was saying, even though a lot of what I was sharing what resonated, they thought I was a bit on the fringe, you know? Um, but in, in a way they were also intrigued because that wasn't part of their, their life. That wasn't part of their, their daily construct. Yeah. Anyway, so I, I did. I did very interesting courses and read really interesting books, and, but I was still in my in my outward world. I was still very much on the path to um, becoming a businessman, like my father, making money, being successful. So um, even in in high school, I started you know studying accounts and and going along that branch instead of the things that I loved. Okay. Um, and 
when, when I finished varsity, I, I took a, uh, sorry, when I finished school, I took a gap year and explored the world very much like in The Alchemist. I, I wanted to s see what made my heart sing um, and brought me to life. And I thought by, by spending a year traveling around the world and meeting people and, and exposing myself to culture, I would come back and be like, I know what I want. <laughs> <clears throat> anyway, I, I did all that. And I had an absolute ball at the age of 18 oh, uh, and turned, turned 19 overseas in a, in a beer hall in Munich. But that's another story. <laughs> um, and uh, after the year, I, all I did was just have a blast. And, uh, you know, I, had a, I, ha I was supposed to go to university, Stellenbosch University, when you know, my father pretty much forced me to and cut me off and said, like, you, if, if you do not go, you're on your own financially. So if you want to go overseas, you pay with your own dime. And I did. I had 15 grand, bought my ticket, and away I went. And that was liberating for me because I came back with, uh, with money in my pocket, having an amazing experience. And I didn't really know, to be honest, any more about what I wanted to do with my life. I knew more about myself. Uh, but I carried on the track of studying business. Yeah. Stellenbosch was still open to me. My mother said, we'd applied in your absence. So I went. And even though I was to the outside world, I was becoming a businessman. In my inside world, in my inner world, I was still very much focused on my spirituality. How did, so what, how year, did I what year were we talking now? 2000, somewhere around there. When I went to, I went to Stellenbosch in 99. Okay. It was a very short year. I basically studied <laughs> correspondence in Stellenbosch, but that's also another, another story. <laughs> I, okay, so, so I just extend, I extended my fun to two years instead of one year. Okay. And the reason why I specifically asked that question was I was wondering about, about the language policy. Were they already kind of no, teaching no, in English? That, that's, that started. I did have a few lectures in Afrikaans, most of which I failed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, I would say 80% was integrated okay. already. Cool. So I would speak, I remember speaking to my roommate who's still a very close friend of mine, Alex. And uh, I, I would, you know, wax lyrical about all these like high-flying metaphysical concepts. And he was like, man, you're cooked. You know, stop, smoke, stop smoking that, that really strong stuff that we, you know, we were told not to. <laughs> no, it's against and, the law. <laughs> but my heart was there. My heart was always about finding out more, seeking the truth. It was, it was about the truth, really. And I, I believe that the truth wasn't uh, relative. You know how everybody say, it's my truth, or it's your truth, and those truths can differ. That was BS to me. I wanted to know an absolute truth. Okay. I want to know a, a truth that crossed all barriers of subjectivity. I want the objective truth, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what I was seeking. And, and, I've, and I believed at that time that the only way I would find that objective truth, truth was through, through God, through a greater power. I, I remember reading books also growing up where, where I lost my connection with God. I became an atheist for a year. I didn't believe that God existed because of the things that had happened in my life. You know, life knocked me and, right. I was, and read books that opened my mind to, to other philosophies where God wasn't a part of it. I mean, Buddhism, atheism, Satanism. It, it was all being explored and I, I had to evolve through that process of giving up God for Lent. Um, <laughs> that's a bad joke. <laughs> and, uh, 
and exploring other forms <laughs> Explain of Explain that to somebody. You've got to give up something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, for, for me that year, it was God. But um, <laughs> it was important because by giving God up, I knew that I, I, I couldn't be without him or that maybe it's not a him. Maybe it's just that connection. Maybe it's just a connection of mm. my true being, which is where, where I'm, where I'm more be- residing today in my belief system. So anyway, back, back on the, back on the journey, I, I, I carried on with my university studies. I got a, a BCom. Then I went overseas. I said, uh, like I said before, I went to the Netherlands. I got my master's degree and a so, high just, convoluted just, degree. Just, just hold a sec. So where did you get your BCom? Not Stellenbosch? No, I went back to Joburg and I transferred my credits to Bond University, which is an Australian university, which had a satellite campus. And on I rode. I okay. finished my degree within three years. Oh, wow. Um, skipped skipped honors and went straight to masters because the, the, the Nederlanders didn't know that we yeah. didn't have a four-year degree. So I managed to cruise. <laughs> I was cruising. Life was sweet. I had no, everything was just sliding. How, what is the expression? Sliding uphill for me. It, there wasn't a thing that, that stopped my trajectory, my flow. Yeah. You know, my, my, there was stuff going on with my brother and my family. And there, there, there was this, you know, learning disabilities and, but not for me. For me, it was just plain sailing. Yeah. I was cruising. And I, that's how I believed life was. Life was just like a path of least resistance. And I was on it. And I was, I was going to, to, uh, to a place of enlightened millions. I was going to be a millionaire, enlightenment extraordinaire. <laughs> Something to that effect. Anyway, so I got my degree, came back to South Africa, um, and found an amazing job working as a property development, uh, working in the property development industry, uh, in the marketing field, living on a wine farm. Fucking life couldn't get any sweeter. Mm. It was, I didn't even know how good I had it until I left. Um, carried on this trajectory of the path of least resistance. In 2005, my brother died boom, in a car accident. And right. that, stopped, that stopped me literally dead in my tracks. Um, I think the shock to my system was so severe, um, I, I had to, well, I didn't have to, but I started asking myself some serious questions about my life, what did, who was I, what did I love, what, what, what did I care about? Mm. So, because I was on the path of least resistance, remember? Yeah. I, I did what, just whatever was in front of me, which, you know, when, when the... When the sandbank bent to the left, that's where my water flowed. So yeah. when my brother's death basically put a dam in my river and I stagnated there for a while and was like, I'm going to take stock of my life. I'm not okay. going to just carry on on this river of least resistance. So I, 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 I started asking myself the questions about what did I love? Now, who was I really? What was my purpose in the world? And, and that really, to be honest with you, messed things up a lot in <laughs> my life. And it is very good. Why do you think we are taught not to question shit, Paul? Because questioning shit yeah. makes things complicated. <laughs> I, I guess you're right. And that's what I did. I complicated my life by asking the, the right questions. Aye. Which I guess for the ego's point of view is, is the, <laughs> are the wrong questions because you're going to get the right answer. 
if you yeah. if you ask and and search for long enough. So that's why I, it's I wonderful to be Afrikaans. We are just being taught to not question shit. We just carry on. You know, if you, as you say, if the sandbank bends your river to the left, then that's the way you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and, you English um, people I, keep on questioning shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't up to that point. I don't think it's a cultural <laughs> thing. I, th- I, think it's, I think it's just a thing. I think it's a human thing. Mm. And you know, life is designed to wake you up. It's designed to slap you around, to make things so uncomfortable that you, are go- you go back to the truth, the, the true nature of who you are. Slap you around and call you Susie. <laughs> exactly. And I, you know, I didn't like being called Susie at the time. But I embraced it. And I remember oh, like cool. walking around this wine farm uh, all alone, kind of grieving for the loss in my life. I was grieving more for me. I knew that. I knew my brother. I had, I had the spiritual connection with my brother. I could speak to him and hear him. Um, and maybe that, you know, my connection with spirituality uh, and always feeling that connection allowed me to do that. Um, wow. But I remember walking around grieving and I was like, what am I going to do with my life if, if property development isn't the thing? And I heard the answer. The answer is under your feet. And I always had my one foot up on a rock, you know, like kind of like rubbing my, the, 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 the raindrops out of my eye. Um, and I, it was a rock. So I took that very literally and started studying geology. <laughs> So I studied, started studying geology through correspondence at Unisa down the road at Stellenbosch. And uh, while I was working <laughs> and, 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 and passed, I mean, I, and I loved it. I, I, I've always had a connection with nature. When I was a teenager, I, when people asked me what did I want to be when I grew up, I said a game ranger. I wanted to work on the land, be, work with animals. I loved animals. Yeah, me as well. Um, so I had an affinity with nature. Always when I was in the bush and the high felt, I always felt at home. And um, I mean, it's how I felt this morning when I was running up the mountain here in Hot Bay uh, and connecting with nature. And I, I, I felt that this is where God is, like me mm. being in the tree at the church. God is there. I, yeah. I connect with the, the, my own true nature through nature. So, um, so studying geology was an interesting divergence. And after a year of doing it, I realized, okay, it's not quite my cup of tea as much as I enjoyed the, the, the you know, the educational kind of uh, journey. It wasn't really where I was heading. And I can feel that. I can feel intuitively, instinctively when I'm on the right path and when I'm not. And, and that's why I started asking questions when my brother died, because I instinctively knew that I was on the wrong path. Okay. So, I mean, I, I left my, my cushy job in property development where I was well on my way to, uh, to being like a cutthroat businessman. And I knew that wasn't me. I knew I couldn't step on somebody else's throat for the, for the sake and the love of money mm. or power. And that's what you had to do as a property developer. You really had to like throw your weight around. So I started looking for answers or uh, other alternatives of, of a way to be. And I mean, I did, I thought environmental um, stuff was my calling. So nice. I, I joined a environmental consulting firm and went into big companies and did uh, projects that were all about um, environmental sustainability. And I went down that road and realized 
environmental sustainability, at least in that company, was just business cloaked in a green suit. And I got disillusioned very quickly and, and realized, actually, you know, the earth is going to survive without us. If, it, if, if, we, if we become extinct because the earth can't support us, the earth will still survive. We won't. So it's really us that we should be worried about and not the earth. Even <laughs> very though, true. Even yeah. though it, it goes hand in hand, but that's another story. Um, Mother Earth can cater for herself very well. Yeah. And, you know, if, if, the, if the cockroaches can't, you know, don't have water to drink and food to eat, the Earth will evolve into another form and with mm. other life forms are able to, to uh, adapt. So where am I? I'm like 27 years old. I'm 27. I do. I, I have this American girlfriend. We do this like South Africa round trip, literally on a road trip through with my old Volvo. We travel South Africa um, for a month and a half, and it's just it's just pure freedom. And I feel that connection again. I, I'm, and I'm also realizing as I'm going and, and working in this business world these stresses and strains are coming into my life that weren't there before. I'm, I'm grinding my teeth. I've got, I've got a, I've got a bite plate to stop me doing that. This, this, mm. this function that's, Been there that's as well. coming into my life. So um, anyway, I'm, I'm on my path. I'm still looking for answers with spirituality. I'm, I'm continuing to, to read books, but it's always like a, it's always a, a, a back burner. I'm, I'm looking for purpose. I'm looking for a purpose in my life. And, um, I, I carry on with property development, actually. I, I land a, another job after going the green route uh, to make some money because, I, you know, I, I felt at that time I got to make some money in order to, to follow a, a dream. Yeah. And did that for a year. That was 2009 where the property market crashed and that happened and, and everything came to a halt in property development. So I decided to go overseas for a year again. I took another gap year and traveled the world to find myself, had another jaw, met a Romanian girl in Greece, um, kind of took her with me traveling after a very roundabout journey, went through Southeast Asia, uh, Russia, India, Good grief. Eastern Europe. It was, it was quite... New Zealand and the States. So it was, it was an intrepid adventure of the places I hadn't been before. And it was really an exciting time for me. So I you've seen back. the world. I've seen a lot of it, not all of it, but I, I've always had the travel bug. I can tell you honestly, after coming back from, from that adventure, and I've, you know, I grew up with money. So we traveled to a lot of places. I've seen a lot of it and I've always had the bug. But after that year excursion with a Romanian girlfriend and my travel bug was, exercised i had uh, <laughs> I, I had yeah, i had passed that bug for sh for better or worse um and uh came back and did she come with you back to uh, south africa yes she did okay. we were going, we were going to start a, a life together i was madly in love so was she and anyway the wheels fell off very quickly and this is really where my, my spirituality kicked into gear. Basically, at that time, I, I was pretty well off. And in cash terms, I had about 2 million rand. I think mm. I, was, I was 29 when I came oh. back. I, so I thought, I, know, I thought life consisted of three pillars. Spirituality, 
relationships and money. If wow. all those pillars in your life were strong, you were golden. Life was sweet, peachy. Yes. And within a matter of two weeks, oh no, no, sorry, within a matter of, of two months, I had I lost all my money because I'd invested it in a Ponzi scheme. Oh no. So so that two million evaporated. No. Um, I dumped my fiance. And I was living back in my mother's house with my father. He was the conduit for this investment. Oh, so we, no. <laughs> but oh. I don't blame him. You know, I, I, have my, I made my own choices. And I, yeah. and I decided not to do the, my own homework, trusting that he'd done it for me. And that taught me a very valuable lesson, you know. If you don't, if you don't do your homework, anything can happen. So mm. anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm at the low point. I feel like two, the, the two pillars that are, are standing me upright in my tripod philosophy yeah. have, have just been, have just had a, a, a knee broken the other way. So oh, I'm, I'm standing on, on like half a leg, my spirituality, basically. That's all mm. I had left. No relationship, no money, living with my mother, eating humble pie, looking for jobs um, in the state of victimhood and which took me, I think, 10 months to find a job because I just was like, poor me, poor me, poor. I always self, self say people can smell desperation. Yeah, <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't just desperation. It was just like defeat. I felt defeated mm. and people could, oh. could smell that. And uh, anyway, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I'd heard that, that saying, um, when God pushes you to your knees, it's the perfect place to pray. <laughs> and Stay that's what there. it felt like life, <laughs> life had done for me. It, it, it had literally pushed me to my knees. And I felt like the only thing that, that I had left was really that pillar of spirituality. So I put all my weight into it. I leaned into it. And um, I, I, I was reading this book called The Disappearance of the Universe. Mm-hmm. which is a book written by, uh, by an author called Gary Renard, who I re- really connected with. He was just a, like a, a regular chump, you know, who drank beer, was a day trader. He was nothing special. He was just a, a regular oak. And um, he, he, um, he, he met some kind of metaphysical beings who had manifested and basically told him some radical stories about reality. And all these stories were based on a philosophy and a teaching called the Course in Miracles. Ah. Now, I was very familiar with the Course in Miracles at the time. I'm, I mean, I, I'd, uh, I'm, and, and I studied lots of theosophies and um, religions and, and experienced them, like Buddhism, Taoism, Christianity. But I'd never come across a... a a theosophy that wasn't a religion that smelt like a religion. There was no organized. Anyway. So I was reading this book, the disappearance of the universe on the steps of my father's mansion that he had to sell because we just lost all our money collectively on this, on this golf estate that I was marketing. I was uh, three years before there or two years before. So everything was coming crashing down. I'm sitting on the staircase and I'm reading this book called The Disappearance of the Universe. And I read this passage, which is about, and this is a radical theory, and this is fundamentally what The Course in Miracles is based on, that God did not create 
this world that we are living in. And that is why people, when people ask the question, how could God let this happen? The answer is he isn't. Because this reality that we're creating or that, is, is, uh, that we are living is actually being created by us, our minds, collectively. We are, anyway, so this was the, this was the, the, the theory that, that was being expounded in this yeah. paragraph. And I remember dropping the book and the words that came out of my mouth was, holy shit. <laughs> and I realized that those two words were actually prophetic. In a way, it was holy. It was, it was my holy instant, as the Course calls it, where um, illusion is dissolved and the truth becomes apparent. Mm. And, I, and I realized that all my questions I had during my seeking stage of my life about, uh, about religion, about God, about like, how could you know, little children be raped if God is good, it were answered in one paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> That, that God did not create this world. And, and it's, an, it's, it's, uh, it's a three-dimensional illusion which we've created in order to separate ourselves from God because of, a, of a, what the Course calls a crazy, mad idea that we could be separate from God. Uh, and that's where the, the, the ego, as it calls it, was born. And that's the idea of the separation from God, potentially the original sin. The idea, the, the small mad idea that we could, in, in, an, in, in an impossibility, be separate from God. So, yeah. so this course is, is um, A Course in Miracles is a non-dual philosophy, which I'd never really encountered before. And non-dual means that it, um, how do I explain this in, in a very easy to understand way? It, it, it's, it's singular. It, there's not black and white. There's no polarity. There's, it's just, it's absolute. It's, it's a singular idea that never contradicts itself. And for me, that was mind-blowing. It was, I was going to say, you, you found your absolute. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't realize that actually now that you said, I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> that's that's interesting. So, I mean, I was not a stranger to the Course in Miracles. It had yeah. sat on my bookshelf for, I don't know, eight years before that. My mother oh, my had given, to it, it, given it to me and she was like, this is really amazing. But it's, the paper is so thin and the book is so thick. It's like a Bible. Mm. And that turned me off. That, yeah. that biblical paper, man. Nikan actually spoke reading, about it yesterday. <laughs> as well. that uh yeah I, I introduced nikki to a course in miracles and she's she's overtaken me it's uh, <laughs> the student has become the master <laughs> so that you then pick it up i did so because because the the, the disappearance of the universe was so earth shattering to me and it was all about the course in miracles i was like okay i'm going okay. to get into this and i'm going to read this thing and i was so on my knees i was so i wasn't desperate but in a way, I was. I was desperate to not feel the pain of loss anymore. I'd lost my brother. I'd lost what I call my life. Yeah. My fiance, my money, my uh, my income, my work, whatever. I, I in, in my ego in ego's terms, I'd lost it all. Yeah. And I felt really sorry for myself. And 
this it gave me a, a huge feeling of consolation and and peace yeah there was awesome. peace i i guess i guess when when people used to ask me and and they still do what do you really want from life my answer is always the same it's it's peace peace of mind because my mind is very active i'm a very kind of left brain guy you know and um, mm-hmm. even though it's it's evolving and that's shifting as i connect more and more with my heart i'm really realizing more and more that my heart is actually my right brain <laughs> okay um, and even in the in in the freudian sense the right brain you know being the correct brain mm. Um, it's leading me on a path to expansion and openness as opposed to like linear, mm, linear conquering or conquest, you know, like the very masculine left brain linear approach, which is push through things. So that that began my journey of, of real spirituality. I had nothing else to hang my hat on. All I had was my one pillar and I decorated it beautifully. <laughs> Every day I read this book. I did the exercises. It's a self-study, which was beautiful. It's a self-study book. It's, there's no organized gatherings, churches, nothing. It's just a book and you alone for you to kind of um, grapple with. And it's written in iambic pentameter, what um, um, Shakespeare wrote his his um, plays and 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 gee whiskers so so it and it's oh my god it is it is hundreds and hundreds of pages long i think the there's three books in it Could be. the 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 text is over 400 pages oh my word yeah the the workbook is another few hundred pages and then there's a manual for teachers so it's three books combined into one it, and it got it got channeled by a jewish woman uh, who want nothing to do with it because it, it had told her that it was, it was the voice of Jesus. And when I heard this, I was like, Jesus, really? Really? Jesus? Ch- channeled by a Jewish woman? But I'm going to take this opportunity at this junction to, because, because I'm going to be talking more about this philosophy, I don't know if we, how much time we have left, but all of this philosophy is based in on this idea, which actually is the introduction to this whole book. So let's say there's 800 pages in this biblical looking text. The first page, which is the introduction, explains everything. And it's like a holographic expression of the entire book. Yeah. The same message is repeated in different ways to un- unlearn what we've learned through our, our belief and our minds that we could possibly be separate from God. We believe that for so long that that's become our reality. We created a playground called this yeah. world or this universe, um, which keeps us separate, which is what mm. the book disappearance of the universe was alluding to. We, when the universe disappears, we are just one again. We ah. are that singular that, that singularity, which is awesome. God, which is yeah. the divine. So this is the intro. This is a course in miracles. It is a required course. Only the time you take is voluntary. Ah. Free will does not mean that you can establish the curriculum. It means only that you can elect what you want to take at a given time. You know, this is a free will universe. The course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love, for that is beyond what can be taught. Fascinating idea. Mm -hmm. It does aim, however, at removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence. 
which is your natural inheritance. So when I talked about our inherent nature or my true nature, that's what it's saying here, which is your natural inheritance. Mm. The, opposite, the opposite of love is fear. But what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. This course can therefore be summed up very simply in this way. And it's literally two sentences. Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Herein lies the peace of God. That's it. <laughs> wow. So that, that, that idea was, it was um, at first when I read it, it was like, whoa, that's cool. But I never got it. I never got it. When was it? How long? 11 years ago when I read it. Okay. Even though it, it resonated. And then the more I, I, I threw myself into this and, and unfolded this idea of spirituality, the more it became clear. Ah. When it says nothing, nothing real can be threatened. So we think about death as being, you know, just the normal part of life. But if death is actually part of this illusory life, is that real? Nothing real can be threatened. So nothing that is true, that is absolute, that absolute truth can ever die, can yeah. ever be threatened, can ever be hurt, can ever, can ever feel loss or pain. But nothing unreal exists. <laughs> As it says. <laughs> so, yeah, and herein lies the peace of God. Yeah. So even... So even this world, um, if we consider this world, I mean, I mean, I'm very into Vedic teachings as well. I'm part of the, the art of living, which is based on Vedic philosophy, ah. uh, using breathwork to, to still the mind, to access deeper, deeper states of meditation and um, connection, really, to that singular force, that, that God force that is ah. within everybody. That is... That is the peace of God. The peace of God knows that everything is an everything that we see, taste, feel, and touch is an illusion. But if all that, if if nothing unreal exists, then whatever we're seeing has no meaning. This world has no meaning. What be what is beyond this world? In the metaphysical realm, which is mm, infinite which can never change, that is real. Ah. So nothing real can be threatened. So let's say, let's call the real heaven for, for, for the sake of understanding yeah. in a biblical term. So nothing real can be heaven. Oh. But, and nothing unreal exists. So nothing, this worth, world doesn't exist. So yeah. that, that idea of this illusory world that we're living in, keeping us separate from God is holographically imprinted in this opening paragraph and it, and it reinforces it over and over and over again yeah. in multiple different ways that you think are completely different when you're reading <laughs> them. But when you realize, when you've read it all, you realize it's saying all the same thing. Okay. And it can be summed up in the two sentences. You know, it, it's like you can write the truth on a grain of sand. I think um, it's a Confucius saying. Yeah. And, and that, that is true. For me, the, the truth can be written in two words. And it's an absolute truth. Do you want to know what that is? I am. Can't you see my frown? I'm <laughs> <laughs> it's the, the two words, God is. Ah. God is. Because if God is, then God is everything. And mm. everything that isn't God, isn't. So God is. Yeah. 
that's, and that that for me is that absolute truth wow. that I was that I was looking for. So, and, am I understanding you correctly that you are still working through this book? Absolutely. I I think I will never finish working through this book because once you get to the end, you start again, okay. and you get to a deeper level of, of understanding. Okay. And, 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 and not just understanding, it's a deeper level of acceptance of the truth that is of behind knowing? the words. Yeah, I mean, when you say knowing, it infers knowledge. But it's, it's more like, this is more like wisdom. You know, wisdom, it becomes okay. a part of your being where you live mm-hmm. it. It's not just stuff that you know that you can yeah. spout off so, so, uh, to someone so who's interested. Knowledge is a carnal thing while knowledge is a, is a, is a, is a far more all-encompassing thing. It forms part of, of who yeah. you are. Yeah, I guess so. I think, I think if I had to put it on, on levels, which the courses says there are, there are no such thing as, as levels, but it, that's, that's for everybody to explore who is interested in this, this work is it would probably start with information at level one. I, I'm getting information. I'm reading the book then becomes knowledge. Okay. I'm I, it's sinking in. It's becoming part of my psyche, part of my personality, but wisdom is about what are you doing with that knowledge? Are you implementing that knowledge? Yeah. And that for me is, is the wisdom part. So awesome. I am, I am, I am starting to poke my, a stick at that wisdom part. And I think okay. I will be busy, busy with this for the rest of my life. You know, it's a, lovely. It's a path. It's a yeah. path of unfolding. And, awesome. and that's what I think we're all doing. We've got a similar thing in, in, in recovery with the 12 steps is where, where yeah. people say, but am I going to work through this book, which is actually a quite a thin book for the rest of my life? And my answer is yes, but it doesn't get boring. The questions stay the same, but the answers constantly change. Because yeah. every time you ask the question, it's a different person asking that question and right. you get a different answer. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. It's, so, it's, it's, it comes from a different level absolutely, of, of being. Yeah. It's like a different person is reading the text the second time so, around. Because yeah. it's a different level of consciousness that you're mm. at. And that is, what, that is what I believe we truly are. We are consciousness. We are God consciousness. Ah. That is on a journey to remembering who or what it is. Right, awesome. we are God. Yeah. God. If God is, we cannot. If that is the truth, then we are not separate from that. Yeah, because that's all there is. It's not like oh, me and God need to like meet in in the field and we had to have lunch. <laughs> yeah. We are the field. We are the yeah. field. Awesome. And that is where, we, and that I is really where we'll like meet, that, and yeah. that is where we'll meet and become one. You're answering a, a kind of a philosophical question that I've had all my, well, not all my life, but since I've been in recovery, kind of the whole thing of mother nature is, is my higher power. Hmm. But even though mother nature is kind of outside of me, I sometimes have the difficulty to understand, but then why is God inside me? But hmm. God isn't inside me because I am actually it. And hmm. I'm, I'm also one of the most natural phenomena there is. <laughs> kind of. yeah. so, so therefore I, you, you answered that kind of question that sometimes pops into my head for me thank you very much yeah. well I mean if God is then there's no place that he isn't he's inside you, he's inside the plant he's inside the waterfall uh, he's, 
is everywhere. It is yeah. in the space between what you can see, smell, and hear. It, it permeates everything. It's that. Yeah. It's the force. It's the force that is pure creative energy that has no limitation. It has no boundaries. Absolutely. Time, space is is not part of the yeah. construct of, of that energy. So when I, when I'm in nature and I'll go there because for me, nature is now my church. When I went running this morning in a run your cliff, shh, don't tell anyone. Um, I, I, I connected with the God force inside a waterfall and my heart just opened and I started, you know, weeping. And I, I could just feel my heart swelling with, with emotion. And for me, that's where I feel closest to God. When, when my heart opens, not, nature is the conduit yeah. to allow me to experience that connection, which, is con, which is, feels more unadulterated than yeah. dealing with other humans. But in a way, we can do the same with other humans. It's just... God is in all things. Mm. It's, so if you're able to find that connection, yeah. I mean, it's in this keyboard in front of me, but how do I, it's more, it, it feels less accessible through this keyboard <laughs> yeah. than it does through the waterfall, you, right? Yeah. But I know some people that use this keyboard to write the most beautiful poems or expressions of divinity mm. that does connect with God. So God is in everything. And that is the, that is the philosophy that, where my spirituality has taken me. I have to connect that statement that you now said to the podcast that's coming out on Thursday, where uh, also strangely enough, an English person sitting in Stellenbosch University listening to a guy lecturing stats. And he says... My favorite subject. (laughs) Are you being sarcastic? Like, (laughs) I I studied it at Stellenbosch through correspondence. I I went to a few lectures. Let's not go there. But he says, and Freddie, that this guy talks statistics like poetry. <laughs> yeah, so, so when you say this, this keyboard, people can write the most beautiful things I could take and even make stats sound like poetry. <laughs> that is something. Exactly. <laughs> so where, where, where does your heart open? That's where God is. Ah, cool. Awesome. So let's now move on a little bit from when you discovered the course of miracles specifically to discovering that last piece of the puzzle, or what lies in between. Okay, so very simply, everything that I've tried to do around business has, since then, has failed. And let me tell you, I've tried. So, you know, I still need to live in the world, even though it it might be an illusion now in in one part of my consciousness. I still need to, like, eat and, you know, a lot of um, Yeah course in miracles students fall off the bandwagon here because they just uh, uh, surrender to the divine power and and stop feeding themselves and yeah. bathing and, and and that's not that's not the answer either it's a, oh, it's yeah. a gradual um unlearning really i needed to make money and got jobs and started my own business i started my own business uh when was it um uh, 2017 okay. to and, and be, created my own job, which was um, 
as a culture consultant and employee wellness consultant, which I'm still doing to this day. I have a passion for it. I have a passion for people and inspiring people. And my company is called Winspire People. Yes. You know, the, this, this win-win idea and inspiration yeah. feels very connected to me. So I felt, you know, my calling go moving in that direction. Um, and uh, I, I remember at that time I had, was struggling to get clients. And uh, after a bumpy first year, I was flying again. Uh, and then all of a sudden it dried up. Mm. And I, I went to this, uh, this, this kind of tarot angel card reader, a woman who's quite well known in Cape Town. And, you know, asked her, like, what, what, what's going on? You know, yeah. and she gave me all this advice and wada wada. And close to the end of the, our session, she was like, why aren't you doing your healing work? And I'm like, hang on, what are you, what are you talking about? I didn't, I I, first thing I was, the first thing I said, because well, I've got it recorded, was what healing work? Yeah. So she said to me, you, you have a window and it's, it's closing. If you don't start doing it, you're not going to have the support in order to see it through. So I believe, you know, I, I felt that she was connected to, to, some, uh, to something that I wasn't. So even though I was looking for business advice at the time and, and got it, I embarked, I took this idea quite seriously. And she said to me, she sees it, she sees like a rainbow. So maybe it's got to do with like energy, energy medicine. And mm-hmm. dude, I've got to tell you, I mean, it, it, it's not very far away from, from what I do. I mean, I go to see these people, but I would never have considered myself yeah. uh, a healer. You know, I'm, I, I feel like I'm a very pragmatic guy, left brain uh, you've got the German ra- rationalist. For Pete's sake. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm a, I'm a rationalist. So, um, uh, it was like, what a rainbow. Are you for real? Anyway, for some reason I took her seriously and, and started and started the search for, okay, what could this be? It might, might be a nice little side project like my, um, uh, geology course, you know? Mm, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, I saw this this book on my shelf, bookshelf, another another one that caught my attention one day in the morning, and um, walked up to it, pulled it off the shelf, and it was it one of Nikki's books, who you heard from uh, in your last podcast, uh, and, and it was about life alignment. And on the spine there was a like a like the the, the, the colors of the rainbow, uh, oh my word, mixed together. Okay. And I was like, okay, well maybe this is it. And I started reading and within 10 pages, I knew I just had this, such a strong intuitive body reaction or, or maybe you could call it a, a soul reaction mm. to it. I just knew that, that this was it. If there was a, if there was a, a healing modality that I was yeah. going to sink my teeth into, this was it. So I started, I did module one and then it was like, okay, this is cool. That was the foundation course. Then did module one, uh, module two. And what, what initially enticed me to this modality is that it has a, a branch uh, called organizational alignment. Oh. Life alignment is the kind of healing modality. And then it's got uh, org- organizational alignment, which deals with business. And I was a consultant 
dealing with businesses, dealing with people problems. I thought, you know, this is a, a great, great thing to have in my, yeah. in my toolkit. I can energetically work with companies, find where the, the root causes of, of energetic blocks wow, that yeah. are stymieing and blocking the company from, from really flying and um, opening up to, to, to success and help there. So I embarked on this journey kind of with, a, with, with a, the idea that I was doing it in order to get to this org alignment uh, hilltop. Yeah. So in order to get there, I had to do the, the base modules, <laughs> foundation module one, module two, then vortex, then org alignment. But what I realized on the journey, because you have to do case studies and, and practice on people, that I was really enjoying this this one-on-one healing okay. thing <laughs> that was so far out of my depth. I was like, yeah, really, I'm enjoying this 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 thing. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I remember people saying to me that I was a born healer and I fobbed them off, but it's really kind of sinking. So I took it further and we took it deeper. Life alignment goes all the way up to module seven. You become you can become a practitioner after module two, which is essentially having done three in-depth modules, which takes around about, I don't know, all in all, about 15, 10 to 15 days. I, I can't remember exactly. Mm-hmm. Then you're, you, you do, I think I did about 100 case studies in, all those, in all those different modules. And then I was um, unleashed onto, onto the world. <laughs> As a, with my certificate to heal or, and, and actually, and that's in, in that is the story of life alignment. <clears throat> life alignment is, is not a healing modality. It is a, it is a modality of healing. Okay. So when people, when people come to a life alignment practitioner, all a life alignment practitioner does is facilitate, facilitate that person's own self healing. So they, be, they act as a guide, they act as a, a translator between that person's superconscious, their higher self, if you will, mm-hmm. and their conscious mind. What is their superconscious trying to communicate to them in order for them to shift past their blocks and barriers that is keeping them in the same old patterns that they're playing oh, cool. out, that's keeping them in pain? Um, so when, when you saw that demonstration that I did at the men's group, I was doing a group balance there where you are connecting with a group of people, but you're using one person as a surrogate to hold the energy to shift for the rest of the group. Yeah. And, and the group itself connects to that, that story in their own way. And the life alignment mentality is about is tuning into that field. You know, you talk about the field a lot, meeting you in the field. Mm. That is, that field for me is the super conscious field, which is God. It is one and the same thing. We just label it in, in, different, yeah. in different ways. It is what permeates everything. It's the glue that holds everything together, seen yeah. and unseen. And that field is constantly communicating with us. And we use... Um, the tools of muscle testing, kinesiology, and dowsing, pendulums or rods, to access the field in order to relay that information to the, to the, the client 
who is wanting, who is ready to shift to here. Yeah. And through that, through that experience and using energetic uh, tools that we have, we've got vortex cards and all sorts of cool things that you saw <clears throat> and technologies that are quite unexplainable, to be honest, with my left brain understanding. It shifts energy. It shifts energy, which shifts people's uh, minds, which shifts mm-hmm. people's thoughts, which shifts people's beliefs, which shifts people's lives. Yeah. And that is healing at the end of the day. Yeah. So healing is not about like fixing the boo-boo on my hand. The boo-boo on my hand is just a, a messenger. You know, the, the cancer, <clears throat> the heart attack, it's, a, it's just a flag going, hello, please pay attention. I'm here. Yeah. I'm wanting to help you transcend these, this energetic block that you are holding into your system. And I haven't become a healer. I've become a facilitator. Uh-huh. Of, 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 of magic in a way yeah. because mag- magic is just that which cannot be explained that achieves a, a miraculous results yeah well it's interesting how I, I ran into body work very yes. soon before meeting you mm-hmm. and I related the two very closely not, not very closely to each other but I could relate the two to each other so it was quite nice yeah. to meet you and to kind of expand the bodywork concept. Do you mean body talk or just like yeah, general bodywork? Body, body, body work? talk, body talk. Okay, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, you, you're, everything is talking to us, yeah. not just our bodies. So if, you, if, if you're going back to the philosophy of God is and this universal force, and let's, let's take a step back from that and actually look at the world as this three-dimensional illusion that we've created in order to separate ourselves from that God force so that we can live in, in La La Land in this playground, then everything outside of us is a reflection of what's going inside of us. It's just a mirror. So everything is communicating to you. Everything. So the waterfall communicated with me this morning, your body communicates with you. you. You, you get a disease and it's just the outside reflecting the inside in the, in the hermetic teachings of the Kibalion, as above, so below. Yeah. As in the higher, so in the lower. It's all a reflection in this in this three-dimensional plane. Yeah. Even in the fifth, even in the fifth-dimensional plane, it's all refl- but, reflective. That whole thing of if you don't like somebody, reflect on on, on what what is it in you yeah. that, that that person is communicating to you that you don't like, which now I bloody well hate. Yeah, because I would rather just dislike you intensely and leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to reflect that on that onto me. Just no, it's not about me. But um, yeah, we yeah. have to. We we we're on that journey where we where we open ourselves up to those type of things. Exactly. Life yeah. is just a mirror that we hold up to ourselves, yeah. and that's my language, man. And that's where as difficult as it is to swallow sometimes because the, the our egos don't want, you know, that stuff in our faces mm. you know that we don't want to swallow our own shit day in day out mm. in our dysfunction uh, like thrown back at yeah. us but that's all the world does it's neutral you know the universe yeah. creates a, a neutral mirroring anyway yeah. so so that body talk idea the tarot reading astrology numerology it's doing the same thing it's using tools to tap into that super conscious field so that it 
gives us answers as to what we're actually reflecting from the inner, inner sanctum of our minds yeah. coming back at us. Because remember, we're not separate from God. Absolutely. One thing that changed my whole, whole perception on, on fields, energy fields, was family constellation work. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love whoa, that. Whoa, whoa, yeah, whoa, it's whoa. Whoa. I was such a skeptic when I arrived there that morning. Yeah. Um, but I left, and what, I left a changed person. <laughs> and and what, are, what do they call that energy in the circle, Freddie? What do they call it? It's a field. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That, yeah, that, that, so they call it, it the field. So yeah, it's it, people's it, intention to yeah. hold that, that universal space that supports each other. We call it a yeah. field. We call it, but it's... Exactly, yeah. So this is my year of, 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 of energy. It, it, it starts, uh, mm. yeah, of, of, of energy and fields and those type of things. So I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying this, this, this path that I'm on this year. And I nearly feel as, as, as if COVID was creating a space for me to, to indulge it a little bit more than I would have been able to. So I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah, yeah. Paul, tell me, where do people find you if they look for you, if they, if they want to find you? <clears throat> uh, for, for, for life alignment specifically? Yeah. For whatever you do, and if you want people to, to take advantage of your facilitations. Okay, that's great. So I, I also want to speak into, to another level, but I'll, I'll, I'll get there now. I hope that's okay. I'm going to oh. touch on it very briefly. So in order to get hold of me for life alignment, you've got to go to my Facebook page, yeah. which is fb.com forward slash Paul Waldeck one, my full okay. name with one at the end of it. And you'll get my life alignment. Is page that W-A-L-D-E-C-K? Correct. Yes. Okay, cool. If, if you want support with your business and mm -hmm. to supercharge your your people and their, the productivity of your company. Yeah. That's winspirepeople.com. Okay. Winspirepeople with a W. And um, a, a new project that I'm embarking on, which is very close to my heart, is one connected to nature. This has been in my land of plenty, as you you know mm -hmm. what that is. It's, yeah. it's a, a super conscious term for the field. Yeah. Right. Again, and yeah. create your destiny. And um, what was in my land of plenty is doing men's work ah. and, faci and facilitating men's work in nature. No. Right. Because nature is, is my medicine. It's my no. conduit. My, the, the easiest access point I have to the divine, to the field, to the, that connection with, yeah. with oneness. And I believe that many people have, have the propensity to connect to their, to their true selves through nature. Yeah. To the, they, everyone has the ability to connect with their true nature through nature. Yeah. You know, I, I like that. What I said me, earlier. Me as well, and and, and I like uh, I like that being called nature. It is yeah. what what comes naturally. What exactly. is my true nature? True. That that what comes naturally. <laughs> that, I like that. I like that. Nice so, one. So that, that's the connection I, I make. Good. Yeah, Lord, it's who we are naturally. Exactly. Yeah, that is what resonates for me about create your destiny is that concept of innocence. We take all, yes. this, all the glasses off, all, all, all the, the false beliefs off, and, 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 and yeah. we, we, we look at life in innocence. We see the truth. The innocence and the play on the word is, is very powerful because our, th our five senses, or however many there are, 
or it's what, it's what keeps us in this three-dimensional reality. It's how we navigate this three-dimensional yeah. reality, you know, touch, sound, taste. So in no sense gets us out of our senses, yeah. right? And what, what is there out of sen- sensibility or sensations? Well, I, d- I don't know. You, you, you discover that when you, you let go of those yeah. senses and go into in no sense. And that's where the power of creativity and creation yeah. comes in. In that in that space, but to to get back to yes, the, this, this this nature connection, doing men's work in nature and facilitating men's initiation and men's rite of passage, for men to powerfully embrace their manhood and live their destiny, is what I feel my my true nature is asking me to express in the world as well. Ah. And I'm Falk and I are working on this together. So, so I'm meeting you at seven o'clock tonight. Yes, oh, you are. Cool. <laughs> you are indeed. Where yeah. we hold, we hold, we'll, we'll be holding the circle together. And yeah, we, we're exploring this, this idea. You know, there's so many men out there, and I, I include myself mm. in that equation, that haven't, especially in the Western world, have not had the, had the, the sacred ceremony or ritual to cross over that barrier, that Rubicon, that, that rite of, pa- or through that rite of passage to embrace manhood. There's a lot of childlike egos ruling this world. I mean, if you look at Donald Trump or many of the, the powers my, my hero. <laughs> in this world, it's, 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 it's really, you believe that you'll believe anything. It's, <laughs> yeah, for sure. No, no, no. I could, I could hit, pick up the sarcasm in your tone there. <laughs> I had to clarify that for any listener who might not have picked it up. <laughs> right. But just like Donald Trump and many other business tycoons out there, it's yeah. the immature masculine that's running the show because we, us as Western men, haven't had the ceremonies and the rituals to transition um, healthily from boyhood to manhood. And even at the age of 35, I was still stuck in that paradigm of, you know, what's in it for me? And what about me? And, uh, you know, coming from that, that place of an immature child, like stomping around, um, e- expecting, taking. Mm. Uh, and so, I, I, and everybody we mention this to, and everybody who hears the resonance of, of what we're doing says, you know, Men really need this. But they, you know, people kind of know this on an intuitive level, but there's very few people out there doing this work. Mm. It's, not, it's not mainstream stuff, you know. As my dad said to me when I was 18, when you finish school, buddy, I want you to go to university. That's your rite of passage. Yeah. Your rite of passage is to get an education so you can make money as quickly as possible. That's, sure. the, West, that's the Western mm. way. Yeah. So anyway, we are, we are working with that now. And we, awesome. we are... We develop, we've developed a, a, a whole workshop that we are running in November at, um, at Gecko Creek in the Suderberg. Oh, wow. So, yeah, date, and, venue. And where can people find out more about that? They can Do find you? out that at wildatheart.co.za. Awesome. Wild at heart. Um, cool. Yeah, I'll, all, I'll, I, will, I will place the links to all those things on my write-up to the podcast so people can just click on those links. And away they go. Yeah, and that's me connecting to my true nature. Yeah. 
Awesome. Which is, which is spiritual. That is spiritual. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, that, that wraps my yeah. story into a bow, my friend. There you go. Spiritual. Like a beautiful, perfect gift just handed to us on this, could have been on like, this afternoon. <laughs> it could have been two and a half hours. You might want to edit that. <laughs> I have no idea how long that was, but I it definitely... Was, I, I, I like wearing my glasses. I, I can't see the clock. Oh, it's gone. It's it was, it was an hour and a half. Okay, it's oh. not so bad. No, I'll edit it a little bit. I really, really enjoyed this chat. Cool, I me am, too. Apparently, I like to hear the sound of my own voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to hear it again when I edit it. So I get the advantage of listening to it twice. But Paul, thank you very, very much. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, well, welcome, Freddie. The energy you brought to the space, the, the knowledge, the insight, the, the gift. It was awesome. So thank you cool. very much. And I'll, I'll check you at seven o'clock tonight again. Lekker. Thank you for having me here, Freddie. And uh, yeah, I, may, this, may this journey continue, my brother, even if you're from the States. I mean, that, you should experience life alignment. You should come for an online session or an in-person session. Most of my sessions are online these days. Mm. It's energy. No yeah. time or space, my brother. Awesome. I shall do that thing. There's one thing that I believe in is I don't recommend anything to a client that which I haven't done before. So oh, if you've said that, hey, yeah. No, so 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 if 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 it resonates, I'll do it, and then I will tell clients to to also do it. So yeah, let, let's meet in that field, and I'll contact you about that. Awesome, good right. Paul. Thank I'll you very much. Tonight, have a wonderful right. rest of your afternoon. See ya. Ciao. Cheers, you to enjoy your workouts, eh? Half an hour, buddy. <laughs> I, I Have intend, some chocolate. I intend not to. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely not my intention. See ya. What, to Bye. sneak in a chocolate before. <laughs> a chocolate cake, more like it. <laughs> <laughs> Ciao, Freddie. This was great fun. I trust you enjoyed listening to Paul as much as I enjoyed chatting to him. We could have talked much longer, I reckon, but I'm trying to keep the episodes a bit shorter these days. I reckon Paul is excellent at what he does for a living and as his passion, and I wish him an abundance of business moving forward. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za, or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor, or on Twitter at, at Freddy or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.